You ready, Abby? I'm ready. Pastor Joe. And I'm Kirsten. We've served in church leadership for over two decades. And most of that, we've been on staff together. We're here to talk about our faith, family, and ministry. Welcome to Under the Hood. So I'm talking today wearing my brand new New, new Life, life hat. hat. We have new swag in the house. It is really nice, I will say. I mean, if, if we're allowed to say that, because Abby and I worked really hard on this project for a long time, right, Abby? Yes. I feel and they empowered. Turn out amazing. I'm wearing the hat right now as we do this, and I'm feeling empowered. You look amazing. Actually. They look really well, nice you. on everybody that I've seen them on, and you know, we designed them with our congregation in mind. We did. I'm going to take a picture of you. Right now? Yeah, while we're talking here. Because um, even even Pastor Cody's son, they sent a picture over a text. <laughs> Pastor Cody's son was wearing one, and that baby can rock a hat already. Everyone from young to old are rocking these hats amazingly. And they're so they're fun. They're really good I saw hats. a lot of people walking around on, on Sunday and on Saturday wearing them. And I have to admit... When you guys showed me the concept that you were working with, I thought those are going to look good, but these look great. Aww. They really do. They came out great, and I'm, I enjoy wearing it. And so um, last week when they came in, what day did they come into the office? Just Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. Okay. So I uh, obviously, one of the benefits of being the pastor here, I get first dibs on product, right? Wait, 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 wait a second. First dibs. Really, I think Abby was the first one to purchase one, then David, then you were the third one. But I will say, I do not think you paid for your I'm shit. good for it. You know what's coming. <laughs> we know where you work and we know where you live. Well, it, hey, in, in all fairness, the, the pay thing wasn't set up when they showed up. Nobody was taking payment. Well, we have been we just had Sunday now. We just wait had a minute, empty wait box. A we were taking payment because I set it up. We were ready for payments like <laughs> two weeks so, before the hats got that's here. That's how Abby paid was so that she could pay with a credit card to see if it or a debit card <laughs> yeah. so she could see if it works. Hey, I'm good so, for it. You know where I work. All right. You know where I live. We'll, we'll just take it out of his paycheck. I know. Fine. Can we do that? You cannot Is garnish my wages. <laughs> garnish your wages for but new life line merch. item. I, I want to say kudos <laughs> to you ladies because um, this hat is sweet. And so I had mine Thursday and I had to run an errand. So I threw on my new new life hat and I'm heading out to my car. And one of the guys from the church was coming in. First thing he said was, whoa, where'd you get that hat? And I'm like, they just came in today. I mean, they just got here today. And he goes, well, can I get mine? And I said, well, on Sunday when we start selling it. And um, I and think he was the first one on Saturday night to come in at like 415 and purchase one. Well, he told me. So he and I... three or four now. Just the way things worked out, he and I were going to be in a meeting together that very night. Uh, and he's like... So he's a little jealous that you got to... Well, work. he's, he's kind of like, um, well, because if you're not wearing yours to the meeting tonight, I'm going in to grab one because I'm wearing it to the meeting. <laughs> so anyway, the I'm hats... i people like them. The hats turned out really good. Yeah. And, and um, by the time you listen to this, if there's any left... You can get them at the 
at our merch store, which <laughs> happens to a, be which happens to be the main office. We don't have a merch store. <laughs> you can only purchase them in person at the security desk. But that we've is already our merch store. We've already blown through half of these hats, haven't we? Yeah, and by the way, there it's merch for the church, not merch for um, what we would say UTH under the hood podcast. <laughs> we gotta change that. UTH sounds like you're hey. having a medical procedure. <laughs> Don't hate the acronym. This is our acronym. We need to embrace it. We are it. so proud of UTH. UTHP. <laughs> I don't even know if we can say it with a straight face. So let's just call under the hood. We don't have... Someone asked me, do you have any merch yet? I'm like, I don't We don't have any UTH merch. <laughs> I don't know if we're ever going to have UTH merch. U- I can't even say it. Can you imagine? We have UTH cream. Oh U- my U- God. UTH. We should brand a whole bunch of like um UTH car, car part like because it's under the hood. We could do like a, we could do an a UTH um wrench. Do UT- you need a wrench for a car? I think this is way off the rails. Right now, people at home are, are going, "Why are we listening to this?" <laughs> I come here for the meaty content. I know, and- but but I have a serious question. Like, could we do like a flashlight UTH flashlight? Um, we're going to need some startup funds. (laughs) (laughs) We have none. (laughs) That's so funny. Anyway, all I'm saying is ladies, Kirsten, Abby, kudos to you guys. You designed an incredible hat. I love it. And you're going to see people walking around these hats for years to come. Kirsten, Abby, just quietly high fives. They didn't want the, the, to be on the microphone. (laughs) Thanks. And, uh, good one, Joe, but you, you ladies should be proud of yourself. This is awesome. So something happened this past week that I thought is hilarious, and I may be the only one that thinks it's funny. Uh, it's kind of a Bible college nerd kind of funny kind of thing. There are a lot of nerds in Bible college. <laughs> <laughs> oh, stop it. You married one. I'm a Bible college nerd. And depending on which dorm you are, you're either more of a nerd or less of a nerd. Well, this thing you're that happened... more of a nerd. This thing that happened <laughs> may only be funny to me. And... Mm. Well, it's funny. Th- I've, I've bounced it off a few us, other people, yeah. and they got some pretty good laughs out of it. Yeah. Um, but it's when it happened, I it, it made me roll. I mean, it was it was that funny to me. Well, I do know that you called me right away and told me all about it. Oh, I know. I know. I actually... Okay, so here's what happened. <laughs> Let's get to it. Let's just get to it. And um, this actually is going to lead into probably a little heavier discussion, too, because, I mean, that, that we're going to have today. But so... One of the things that I do on a fairly regular basis is I listen to, I call it my weekly dose of heresy. And do you recommend that for other people? I do not recommend this for other people, but, but you feel like you're grounded enough to do it. I absolutely feel grounded enough in my faith and my beliefs, my core convictions that I can listen to somebody who I would consider a heretic, a false teacher, which they are all around. And they're not going to sway me or move me. Now, I would not recommend this, but, and again, this isn't like pat me on the back, but I do feel like I'm far enough on my Christian journey and and I'm so, I'm grounded in my beliefs. This isn't going to sway me. Right. But I do, I do um, listen to a handful of who I'd call false teachers, um, um, who I already know come from an absolutely progressive point of view. Um, they even call themselves progressive Christians, which I, I'm just going to tell you, progressive Christianity is the st- 
stain on the church right now. And um, it's just, man, I, without we've already talked about that on this podcast. I don't need to open yeah. that whole thing again. But I do make it a regular habit of mine to check in with some known progressive preachers that that I've become familiar with. Just when you to say check in, check in, like to what, listen to them, not personally. What I mean is, what I mean is, I may, I may, I may pull one of their sermons they preached recently online and listen to a few minutes of it, maybe the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're preaching on something that's of particular interest to me, in the sense of, oh, that will be good, you know, like um, they don't hide that they're what they believe. Mm-hmm. And so I'll just, ch- I'll, I'll, I'll drop in and listen um, to a few minutes or the whole thing. Just, uh, just this is what's being preached in other pulpits here in America. And my joke is I do that so that the people of new life don't have to, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> I subject myself to that level of heresy. So nobody else has to. And, and it's funny cause Kirsten, I'll sometimes have my AirPods in and I'll be listening to it and she'll just see on my face. She'll see what I'm scowl. Yeah. And she's like, I know what you're doing. And like, sometimes <laughs> I'll just shout out. That's not true. That and she's like, not. I know who I know what you're listening to. And, um, sometimes it does put me in a really cranky mood. I'll be honest with you. There are times Kirsten can attest to this. If, you know, if I'm super cranky, she's like, who did you listen to today? And, um, or he's in the middle of it. I'm like, can you turn that off? Because you're like putting the whole family in a bad mood. now. (laughs) (laughs) It does happen. It does great against my spirit. And honestly, it should. The things that are being preached in some pulpits here in America should great. I mean, it should make you angry. It really should. Well, yeah. um, I, I believe that there are some men serving in pulpits right now across this country that and are women and women that are leading their congregations straight to the doorsteps of hell. Mm-hmm. And so I'm listening to one and uh, I actually have some friends, some friends of mine that have gone progressive and it just hurts my spirit to think about. And I'll drop in and listen to some of their sermons too. And I'm like, how in the world did we train at the same Bible college? I have no idea. So I'm listening to to one of these uh, progressive preachers and um, and he's doing a series that was a particular interest. It was a series on progressive Christianity. Mm. And I thought, oh, this would be good. And um, so he stands up in front of his church and uh, he has a book in his hands. And he goes, I was looking for some resources for to help me with this series on progressive Christianity. And I found this one um, online and he shows the book to the church and the book is called the biblical case for progressive Christianity, an exhaustive exegesis. And I'm sitting there going, ah, there is no such thing. I, I'm, I'm literally he was holding it. In, he's in at, he was holding the physical book and it's called the biblical case for progressive Christianity, an exhaustive exegesis. And I'm, I'm going that, there isn't one there. There is no biblical case for progressive Christian. There is no exhaustive exegesis. It doesn't exist because the whole concept of, of progressive Christianity is a movement away from, from the, the from the Bible. It's, yeah. it's not grounded in scripture right. at all. Even though they tell you it is, um, you quickly discern it's not, it's absolutely grounded in this concept of blending American secularism and Christianity together, which creates a false gospel. And that's what progressive Christianity is. So, so before everybody pauses <laughs> this to Google this book, you need to tell them the rest okay. of the story. So I'm sitting there watching this sermon and I'm and I just I laughed to myself and I said there is no biblical case for progressive Christianity. This that it's so this book has got to be a, a joke of a book or it's just a far stretch. And so he tells his church he goes so it didn't take me very long to read this book 
because, and he shows it, he goes, every page in the entire book is blank. And I just started laughing because I realized right away it's a joke. Right. It's an absolute joke. You recognize that, but apparently he didn't because he stood before his church. Absolutely. It's an absolute. And I don't know if he knew it was a joke or not because he told the congregation, he acted like he got a misprint or something. He goes, so I will be sending this book back. This progressive preacher said, I will be sending this book back and we'll be requesting one that actually has the words in it. And I'm laughing my head off because... I understand right away that this is a joke, that this cannot be real, that the fact that every page is blank is intentional because that really is the representation of the biblical case for progressive Christianity. There isn't one. So whoever created this book went to all the trouble of designing a book cover, putting it together and selling it. A blank book. And obviously doing a great job because he ordered it <laughs> as a resource. And so I'm for fin- his sermon series. I'm finding this pretty funny. And um because I realized it's a joke right away. And I'm like, I gotta learn more about this book. I, I need to know who did this, why did they do it, and because it's gotta be a joke. And and the preacher that I was listening to, he he said to his church, he goes, Now there are plenty of people out there that would say this book is like right on the money. There is no case for p- progressive Christianity. And I'm going yeah, that's me. That's me. I'm that guy. But then he said, but that's not what I believe. So I'm going to send this back and I'm going to, re- I'm going to request the real book or the, and I'm going, Oh man, if you request a different book, they're going to send you another so blank didn't one. You do some research on the book so, right after you heard that. Well, so yeah, I did. So I went online and I Googled the book and I learned really quickly that this is a joke. I mean, there is no real book out there. And, um, and so, and so people were writing all about this book online and about, yeah, it's blank. Don't buy it. It's a blank book. And, and I did a little research and evidently this book was released. I think it was March 23rd of 2023. And so you order this thing on Amazon. You can go and order one on Amazon, Amazon right now. And for the record, I did, I ordered my own copy and it is the best $12 and 99 cents I've spent in a long time. And, um, and so <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm holding it in my hands right now. Um, we'll post some pictures of it on the show notes, but didn't you say there's an audio copy? Yeah. So I, I say so YouTube it. Audible. To, so there is an actual audio version of this book. Neil, when we told Neil this at dinner the other night, he about fell over at the restaurant. He thought that was the most hilarious thing ever to hear that there is a blank book that has an audio version of the book. So uh, apparently it tells the title and the author and the titles. And then it's like six hours of nothing. (laughs) It's awesome. Yes, it is. It is. You turn it on YouTube and it says, and it's got like a professional reader and it says, the audio, well, nothing. The the audio book for the the biblical case for progressive Christianity: An Exhaustive Exegesis by Hunter C. Wyatt, Chapter One, God's Word or the Good Book or whatever it says, and then it's just nothing. It is absolutely nothing <laughs> for six hours and thirty seven minutes. Here's what I when Joe got his copy, I just immediately went to Hunter C. Wyatt because I was like, "Is Hunter C. Wyatt the one that pulled one over on everyone?" And um, on the back of the book, Hunter C. Wyatt's little write up here 
He, him. He, him. That's right. He, him. Yeah. He is one class away from obtaining an associate of arts in Christian ministry. (laughs) That right there had me belly rolling because he's one class away. That just, that automatically is like so funny to me. So I don't know if that is part of the joke, but it is, it's all part of the joke. 23rd, it came out and you didn't say, yeah, then everybody received their copy on April 1st. (laughs) Is that not, this was well thought out. It's, it's an elaborate April fool's day joke. You order it on March 23rd, March 24th, and it shows up by April 1st. I love it. And so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to play just the audio version for just a second. Listen to this. The biblical case for progressive Christianity, an exhaustive exegesis by Hunter C. Wyatt. Chapter one, the good book. (laughs) That's it. It is six hours and 37 minutes of blank. And well, not exactly all of it's blank because after about 20 minutes, it will go Chapter two, the good news. Nothing. Oh. 20 minutes, 30 minutes later, chapter three, God's wrath. And it just goes on like that the whole time. Like chapter four, sin. Chapter five, hell. And it just keeps going through all of these things. Um, and it's. So this pastor. I'm going to just assume he didn't know it was a joke because he really believes there is a biblical case for progressive Christianity. If he, Oh, of course he I does. Mean, he's yeah. using that. If he's thinking that's going to be a resource. So, um, is Hunter C. Wyatt, is he even a real person? No, Is he the guy who's, yeah. Is he a real person? Is he the one that I don't came know. up with the joke? I have no idea. I haven't found online who's taking credit for this. It's a self-published book. And I would just imagine that a lot of people order this. A lot of people order this not knowing um, it's a joke. But you know what's really funny? Here's what's hilarious. Um, under the all rights reserved section of the book, you know, every book has one. This is a blank book. And listen to what it says. No part of this book may be reproduced or transmitted in any form <laughs> or by any means, including electronic or mechanical methods without the prior written permission of the author, except for brief quotations used in critical reviews and certain other non-commercial uses permitted by the copy law, copyright law. Isn't that hilarious? Oh, my <laughs> word. Okay, so anyway, not to just go on and on about this, but th- to me, as someone who just absolutely cannot stand progressive Christianity, I, I-, I think that there's all these progressive preachers that are absolutely just dead wrong mm-hmm. and are just... Um, absolutely misleading their churches in so many ways. And, but there's, there's, I got a handful of guys that I know personally that I would love to just send them a copy of this book. Well, I was going to say, we, we happened to be at a church um, over the weekend. Our son played in an orchestra concert at a church that I was like, Ooh, I think this is one of the churches that I'm like pretty uncomfortable with. And so I found myself, my mind kind of wandering while I sat there wondering, you know, I wonder, I know, I kind of know what's been spoken about in the, in these mm-hmm, walls. And mm-hmm. I found myself just kind of praying for the people who were sitting in those pews and just hoping that God would use this building again for his glory and that people will only call on him and him alone. And John, um, 14, six, 
I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one will um, come to the Father except through me. And that is what was like heavy on my mind right then. Oh, I know. I'm like, yeah. they, they don't believe that it's through him. And that's what's so crazy is the cross on the wall in that church. And if we can even call it a church. And not a, church a Bible to be found. It's a house of worship. And yeah. It's not a house of worship if you're not worshiping the Lord. That's you know right. what I mean? So it it kind of takes it. I felt like I was in this very odd situation because the, the the organization who was using the building for this concert had nothing to do with the church, but it was it just happened to be in that building. But me going in there, me allowing my my boys in there, felt uncomfortable. It just it did. It just felt sad. Well, you know, you and I are not feely people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I but because I'm aware of what's preached in that church in the false gospel that's preached from that pulpit every single week. Um, when I went in there, um, I'm not a feely person, but I feel, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I'm, I felt some darkness in there. Yeah, I do too. And you walk in, the first thing you're confronted with is a, is a table full of, of, progressive uh, progressive Christianity books that, Basically, all they do is they try to strip any authority out of the Bible. Um, they denounce true Christianity. They try to secularize it, and and I'm familiar with all the authors on those on the in those books. And they're all, I'm just going to say, they're all writing right from the from the perspective of our enemy. I mean, mm-hmm. it's his craftiness trying to weasel into churches. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll be honest, with you, I felt some darkness in that place for sure. And um, it's really sad. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. But it makes me thankful for. Um, the, there, I don't want to say there's a few, there, there are quite a few pastors who still preach from the Bible, you being one. And, and it makes me go back to just over the weekend we had, I want to say three people reach out to our church and just say, Hey, thank you for preaching God's word. Thank mm-hmm. you for preaching God's word. And and not I know they're specifically talking about the message, but I know from beginning to end at our service that we're here to glorify God. And and if we're not, we're not doing the right thing. Right. And so for for people to reach out and say, Hey, we came for the first time and holy cow, we are definitely coming back. We loved it. We're super excited about this new series. Joe's started a new series called Point of View. Um, And to get those emails reminds me that we just need to continue to thank God for having biblical teaching still Mm -hmm. and to pray for those leaders who are um, the enemies trying to attack because obviously there are preachers out there that have kind of lost their way and... Um, something along the line, they've shifted mm-hmm. and they've kind of lost lost their way in truth. And it's scary. It's scary how fast it can happen. They've been deceived. That's, sure. that's the word I think you're looking for. They've been deceived. Mm-hmm. And the Bible speaks about these kinds of days mm-hmm. and this kind of deception. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Satan is the father of lies. Mm-hmm. He is a deceiver. He's been that way since the very beginning. And, you know, my, when I walked into that one um, so-called church the other day for that concert. Yeah, the building. The building. Um, the, one of the first things that we noticed was there's no Bibles anywhere. No Bibles in the pews. They had hymnals. They had which hymnals. I thought was ironic because we have Bibles, but we don't have hymnals here. And so it was, I was like, wait, 
they actually don't have Bibles. Not a Bible to be found that I saw, not in the pews. And I think, mm-hmm. and you had leaned over to me in that pew and you said, I'm praying and I'm praying John four, you know, 14, six over this, that they would, that this church would come to realization that Jesus is the way and the truth in life. Well, and we know God has a way to take over there. However, he does it. We know that he has the power to do it. Yep. And so I'm praying that over that building that's that God will take over that that campus, that building and use it for his glory somehow some way sooner than later. Yeah. Because the people like you said, the people that are coming in those doors are being deceived. Absolutely. And and lied to and I think of all the kids that are hearing this message um, from Satan, basically every weekend, and I'm going. This is not the message, that, and and there are not Bibles for them to open up and and see John fourteen six. I was joking yeah. with my kids. I'm like, it kind of makes me want to be like a little kid again and graffiti on the offering envelopes and write <laughs> scripture verses. You <laughs> rebel! I know because they don't. They that's not even an option for them to open up the Bible in the pew. As you would if you were sitting there with your kid and say, here, you know. Now, in all fairness, they could put Bibles out on Sundays. We don't know. We're not there on Sundays. There was definitely space next to the hymnal (laughs) for a Bible. I'm just saying. I'm just saying there was. But let's be honest. They were removed. It does not seem like the Bible's a priority there. So, like, for example, we were talking about how Jesus is the way and the truth in life. Well, you know what's preached in that pulpit? That specific pulpit mm-hmm. that all faiths lead to the Lord. Right. It's this, that's why it blew my mind though that there's a cross still on the wall. Well, it's it's. Well, but 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 the message that is preached is not the same message of what happened on the cross. No, not at all. You know, so so and all the literature when you walk in, there are books to be seen. But not the Bible. Yeah, it's kind of like this idea that what would be promoted in a progressive church is that, you know, hey, God is a place. So God, imagine God at the top of the mountain, and there's lots of different routes up that mountain. There's a Christian route. There's a Buddhist route. There's a Hindu route. There's a New Age route. There's a, a Mormon route. But all of these routes eventually lead you to God as if God is a place you're trying to get. Mm. But that's the way it's presented. It's like, hey, um, all of us have just different expressions of our belief in the same God. That is what's taught in that pulpit. I've heard it taught from that pulpit Mm. with my own ears. Um, And that's a totally different message from what we say, that Jesus is the only way, the way and the truth in life. You know, we believe wholeheartedly that the Bible is the inspired, infallible word of God. In that pulpit specifically, it is not preached that way. It is a man-made book that is full of errors, and half the sermons are spent trying to debunk Mm -hmm. the Bible Mm -hmm. and to try to make it appear to be full of errors and that you can't really trust it. I've heard from, you know, like for us, Mm -hmm. you know, we preach a message that's very biblical that says, you know, that, you know, when we talk about our own faith, what is it that you believe? You believe that Jesus lived, died, and rose again, Mm -hmm. and you put all your faith in him. Mm -hmm. That's not what's preached there. Um, They preach a message that you don't even have to believe that Jesus died on the cross. You don't even have to believe that he rose from the dead. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even matter what you believe, really, as long as you think that the teachings of Jesus are important. That's all that really matters. So act like Jesus and be Jesus-ish and 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 understand that he was a good teacher, but you don't have to believe that he was actually God's son or there's anything special. We believe... 
Well, that, and there's different levels too of different progressive churches. So not all progressive yeah, this one's churches, extreme. yeah, are on that same level. Some are are very well. We know that Satan's pretty sneaky, and so just the twisting of a couple words can really change scripture a lot. And so I think some churches have gone just. A, a little progressive, which to me would be very progressive because if you go and change scripture any way, shape or form, that is a form of progressiveness. But some are very, very light and some are very extreme. Well, yeah, well, here's here's an extreme one. So we preach here that um, that our time on Earth is temporary mm-hmm. and that um, that this life, we're just aliens and we're strangers. We're just passing through. Our home is in heaven. Mm-hmm. Our eternal residence is with the Lord. In this pulpit, though, the one that we're talking about, um, it is preached that um, maybe there is, maybe there isn't. There absolutely is no mm-hmm. hell whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And they hope that there is a heaven. But we preach that, you know what, according to the Bible, our aim, Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if that were not so, I'd come back. I, I wouldn't, you know, I'd tell you, no, no, I'm going there to prepare a place. I'm going to yeah. come back and take you. That's right from the words of Jesus. Um, in these progressive churches, they preach that, no, no, no. Our real purpose is to create a heaven on earth. That's what we're supposed to do. That, that, that what is being a resurrect, what is living a resurrected life really look like here on earth? That's the point. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Um, I I think, I mean, I'm not trying to cut you off, but I think practicality for us believers who believe the Bible is to be praying for these churches, praying for these, uh, the people who are going to the church, first of all, that their eyes and ears would be open mm-hmm. and, and pray for the church. I mean, this, the church that we're talking about is right here locally. Yeah. Um, pray that God will use this facility for his glory. Mm-hmm. And um, there are many, many others, many others. And so pray for our current leaders, our church here, New Life, for Joe, for our elders, uh, for our staff, that we will stay on course, on track. Um, I have no doubt that we will, um, but we're supposed to pray about it. And we're supposed to ask God to continue to give you guidance as the leader of our staff and our church and for our elders too, to hold um, us accountable. And so many times I see in other churches, their elders have shifted. And so the whole church has all the leadership, the staff, the pastor, everyone. And so um, Satan just kind of gets that foothold and it ruins the entire church, um, which I, again, I, I don't think you can call it a church if you're not glorifying God. So, so pray for our leaders here, pray for the churches who have lost their way and they're not glorifying God anymore and, and make that a matter of your prayer time regularly. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. You're absolutely right. Spot on. We need to be praying because it's going to take the power of God mm-hmm. to to uh, break that congregation free from the false teaching that's mm-hmm. happening there. I pray that their preacher opens his eyes and sees the truth. See, the way he would present it is his eyes have been opened. And so now he is seeing the truth, you know, and, and, but we know that's not the case. Yeah. We know that's not the case. And we pray for him. You know, I'm, I don't have any hard feelings towards him or I don't my, you know, the Bible says our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the powers, authorities of this dark world. 
it's a it's evidence that Satan is doing his job and he's deceiving even the so-called Christians. So mm. my hope and pray wouldn't just be for the people there, but for the pastor to have his eyes open and really for come sure. under the conviction. You know, we we would preach here that marriage is between a man and a woman and that the homosexual lifestyle is not glorified by God in any way. Well, that's exactly the opposite of what's preached in that church. All lifestyles, anything you want, whatever you want to do, just do it. Um, God honors all relationships. Doesn't matter what gender. You know, totally, con- you know, contradictory message to what the Bible teaches. Mm-hmm. We just had all the guys from ICR here, Creation Weekend, and uh, they had a very scientific view that Christians and science um, go along just fine. And um, they preach a message over there that that um, that science overrides the Bible. And, you know, that particular preacher is an evolutionist. Um, and he says so straight up. I don't know. I could point you out the difference the whole time. But you're right, Kirsten. We need to pray. Mm-hmm. We need to pray for, you know, that the power of God would shine through in those places. And, and I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what right now. If that guy steps aside from that church and they would somehow, for some reason, look to me and say, hey, Joe, would you also pastor our church and New Life? I'd figure out a way to do it. And, and I would figure out a way to try to put that church back on the right path and, um, and figure out a season where I would pastor both churches because that's how strongly I feel that they need, they need a true north mm-hmm. in that church. And that true north is the Bible. Yeah. So, hey, we could talk all day about this. And, and, um, but I guess this all started from... I. I thought this blank book that got sent out. It started with an April Fool's joke. It started with an April Fool's joke, (laughs) and I absolutely love this book. In fact, I would say if this biblical case for progressive Christianity joke book, if they were selling these for like three or four bucks a piece, I'd, and not 13 bucks a piece, yeah. I'd probably buy a whole box of them <laughs> and hand them out to people. To, to your friends or to your progressive people? People's. I don't know. I, <laughs> exactly. To me, I think it would be a great, a great conversation starter. Yeah. Um, but I'm just... Well, I, I will say this. I, I don't think I already said this because Neil found this book next to your computer. Oh, he did, huh? Yes. He was sitting in your office and saw the book and... I think opened face down is what he remembered. I was like, mm. he thought it was something you were like a resource that you were using. And then I told him what happened and he started laughing <laughs> and he's like, oh my goodness. He goes, I saw that. And I was wondering what he was using. I said, no. And then we kind of told him the story of the whole thing of how it all pulled together. So anyway, it was, it's been sitting here in your office since you got it. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's funny. It is. And you know, honestly, for those of you that are listening in on this conversation, and if you're tempted to think maybe, man, man, Joe seems kind of mean, he's being kind of aggressive. You know what? I am a little aggressive towards this. I'm not being mean. Um, I'm just convicted and I'm, I'm so much in love with God's word and so much believe that it contains all the answers. Um, and, and it tells us what God's point of view is. Mm -hmm. It tells us what righteousness is. It is so clear and straightforward, um, that if you just read the Bible and take it for what it's worth, it's going to set you or it's going to set you on the right path. And I just, I love God's word so much that it, it bothers me greatly when I see guys that should know better, Mm -hmm. pass it off as something that it isn't and try to justify behavior. And they try to meld the Bible and secularism together. It is a false gospel. I'm not being mean. I'm just firm. 
firm and I'm convicted. And my, like I said, this would be a good place to end. I think we should pray. Absolutely. We should pray that the scales would fall off their eyes and they'd see the truth. That's all for today's show. We want to thank our amazing producer, Abby O'Brien. Be sure to check out our show notes and the link for things that we talked about today. And don't forget to subscribe. Thanks for joining us on Under Under the the Hood. Hood, not a car show. I think we should tell that story. Let me tell you. Don't tell it now. Okay. Okay. I think that should be the bulk of our podcast. See, this is why we turn to you because we're t- we feel like we're just telling you stories during our podcast. Conversa- we have to change the name conversations with Abby. This is not under the Abby. Dear I'm not Abby kidding. already exists. <laughs> Dear Abby, we should have a segment called Dear Abby. Dear Abby. Oh so Abby, we seriously, <laughs> this is a little. This is a little hard to read. Wait, no, no, no. We're talking about this in the podcast. But I'm just going to show Abby. No, you can't. No, this is, surprise. This Keep the element of surprise. You can show her during the podcast. Dear Abby. We should start having a segment called Dear Abby. Dear Abby. Okay. Dear Abby. <coughs> and it's a question answer. We ask her a question and she has to answer. <laughs> She's like, hold on a second. I'm going to hate this segment. <laughs> <laughs>